Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 309. Coming to you from my new recording spot, which is actually my old recording spot, where I was when I began this endeavor at the beginning of 2018, here in the basement, with my candles and my chair and just a good place to be. Not as good as being outside, mind you, but I kind of like it. Now, I'm recording on Monday night. This is election eve. And I'm able to stay up a little bit later because I took tomorrow off. Tomorrow off to campaign, to help a campaign, to volunteer for a campaign. And I'll say more about that in a little bit. For now, though, I want to thank you for being here and let you know that today, Monday, the 5th of November, I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. And I'm glad you're here with me so I can share it with you. Now, I don't want this episode to be all about Election Eve. I'm going to try to limit my time that I share about that because It is a God presence moment, to be sure, because I do believe that God is in the midst of our democracy. Not that God loves American democracy better than any other, but that democracy is a movement of the Holy Spirit. Now, be careful with that because, you know, democracy and capitalism often go hand in hand and capitalism certainly can have its problems and the poverty and the disposable um, sort of mindset that it leads to and so forth. But I think the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit is about freedom and about being able to thrive. And it seems that democracy done fairly and freely and openly where all have a voice and at least a theoretically equal voice and hopefully an actually equal equal voice, that the Holy Spirit is present in that. So as we go into Election Day, it is a sacred time and it is a period in which I think the Spirit is near if we are aware of her presence. Now, I have to say this, that I'm feeling some anxiety tonight, and I think the anxiety is still some of a hangover from this same night two years ago in 2016, the night before the 2016 presidential election. And I think the difference then, at least in myself and certainly in the media and in the podcasts that I was listening to at that time was just a sense of inevitability that Clinton was going to win and that this country would not vote for someone like Donald Trump. That that just seemed inconceivable. But as my wife often says, if you're expecting people to be reasonable, you're not being reasonable yourself. And we saw what happened. I have to say that that was... A terrible night for me and for I think so many of us who just felt crushed by a vision in a candidate in a, a just awfulness that was unexpected 
at least from the place where I stand. Now, fast forward two years, and I think there is a hope and an optimism that power will be rebalanced in this country, the Democrats will take the House and maybe even the Senate, and that some of the rampant corruption and hostility and downright injustice that Trump has gotten away with, that at least some of that can be addressed. And generally speaking, just a balanced government is better, I think, than the highly imbalanced government that we've had for the last two years. So I'm hopeful that the Democrats will prevail. At the same time, if anything was taught to us by 2016, it was, you know, four out of five percent, which is what 538 podcast gives the Democrats to taking the House. It's about the same odds as Russian roulette. That means one in six or a die roll on a six sided dice rolling a six. It happens. It's not impossible. It happens. And so I think we have to be cautious But I'm not going to sit around tomorrow. I'm not going to let others carry the load tomorrow. Just like over the last two years, I haven't let others carry the load in the rallies that I've been to and the signs that I've made and the protests that I've marched in. And, you know, for me to be able to say, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will stand up for the voiceless, stand up for science, stand up for... um, getting the tax returns released. I went to the tax march. That was a, that was a fun one and a memorable one. But to say that, well, I'm just going to let someone else do it. That's just not, that, that, that's not fair. That's not right. You know, I have a part to play. My part is to vote. And I already voted as I shared a week ago. And my part is to campaign, to help a campaign of a candidate that I want to help. And I'm going out tomorrow morning, not too super early. I want to sleep in, I want to get some work done myself tomorrow. But I'm going out for the better part of the morning and the afternoon to do what they need me to do. I'd like to drive people to the polls. I'd like to um, maybe knock on some doors, make some phone calls. We'll see. Whatever they need me to do, I will do. And if this candidate wins, then I could feel that I've done a little tiny bit, a little tiny, tiny bit to win help him win. And if he doesn't, at least I know that I didn't just talk about the value of democracy. I got out and I participated in it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm probably feeling less anxious tonight than if I was just going to be in my classroom tomorrow trying to teach and avoid the updates and the feeds and all of that. And, you know, try not to count down to seven o'clock when polls start closing. At least tomorrow I can be out and active and doing something rather than just waiting for something to happen. But regardless, 24 hours from now will be election night. And there's nothing like that for a person who follows politics like I do. It is Super Bowl and the World Cup finals and the World Series Game 7 all wrapped up together because it is really quite something. So kind of looking forward to that. And I certainly, certainly hope it goes better than it did in 2016. So we shall see. We shall see. So 
my God presence moment for the day. Had to get all that off my chest. So thanks for listening to that. My God presence moment for the day was a nice surprise visitor, actually visitors. So I was teaching six period and I keep my door open and uh, I look up and, and um, there's a young woman standing there and it is a former student of mine. I don't use names on this podcast, so she's going to remain nameless, but she graduated last year in my mentor group and it was really wonderful to see her. And and I I remember just a couple of really special moments with her um, and um, it was good to see her back. And I don't know if they did this intentionally, but she entered the classroom first and then moments later, heartbeat or two later, another visitor entered and this was another student who graduated two years ago from my mentor group great guy and she's a great girl too and um they've been they were they've been dating and i know they're pretty serious and they're still together which is awesome and he looked great and she looked happy and great and it was just really wonderful to see them and give them big hugs and hear what's you know what they're doing it was a little awkward because it was during class, you know, but my freshmen, I think, were kind of in awe because uh, the gentleman, the young man who came in, he, he cuts a pretty dramatic figure. So I thought, uh, I think they were probably like, whoa, my goodness, you know, uh, but I introduced them and, and we, we chatted for just a moment or two. And like I said, it obviously would have been nicer if, you know, it, it had been a time when I wasn't teaching lunchtime or in the morning, but my schedule is such that I teach all afternoon. So, and I'm glad they came in. I really would have been disappointed if they would have felt like, Oh, we can't interrupt his class or, or whatever, because you know, my class gets interrupted all the time by all kinds of stuff. So at least a good interruption like this is, is something, uh, is something valuable. So it was wonderful to see them and a great surprise. And I just felt God's presence in, the love that these two students have for each other, the love that they have for their alma mater, the school that they came back to visit. I think the love they have for me and quite frankly, the love I have for them. I I really do feel a special place in my heart for these students and, and really every student. I mean, that that's one of the unique things about a teacher and being a teacher. And if there's any other teachers out there, I think you would understand that you know, every student that you teach, you there's a part of you that you've given them and a part of them that they've given you, even if they don't realize that. Because, you know, when you think about a, a, the number of stu- teachers that any student young person has, it's, it's not a huge number. You know, across a lifetime, it's, it's probably less than 100. And that's a small group. And even if 10 of those are significantly memorable that the student could name for the rest of their days, then I think that's pretty significant. And um, I know that I've been that across 15 years, this being my 15th year of teaching, across 15 years, I know that I've been memorable as I have had memorable teachers myself. So I'm glad that these two students remembered me today to come back and say hello. It was a, a nice surprise on a Monday during a unusual week with high drama and tension on the horizon tomorrow. So I'm going to wrap this up by asking a couple questions. How are you doing 
if you are listening to this before the election, have you voted? Did you get out? How are you feeling? What's your hope? Do you like election night in America or is that something you try to avoid? And if you're listening to this after the election, when you know the outcome, when my uncertainty and hedging and not wanting to make predictions, um, how does that sound listening to this after you know how it turns out and you know what the mood is? The mood right now for me and for many I know is anxious optimism. Will there be something else after well, midnight or so on the East Coast tomorrow when polls are almost closed across the country. And finally, teachers, which teachers do you remember? Who was an instrument of God's love for you? And could you visit them? Could you reach out to them? Could you say thank you to them? And if so, how would God be present in that? So thank you for listening. Blessings and peace.